Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. Hello there, bosses and speaking enthusiasts. It is episode 71 of the Presentation Boss Podcast. Today, about to appear in your ears is one of our wishlist guests and somebody we know is going to bring exciting, valuable information to you. That's it. I already know that I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode two or three times because I love some of the things that he's saying. So let's introduce you to Lindsay Adams. So we were first introduced to Lindsay when we got involved with the Professional Speakers Association and there's been a few of our previous guests involved there as well. Yeah, in many ways we kind of couldn't escape him because he gets talked about every time we have one of those guests on or we speak to one of those guys. Uh, so with a bit of a recent return back to a few more local guests, we knew Lindsay is just someone that we had to have on the show. I had some idea, but I certainly found out more during this recording that he has truly been there and done it in the speaking industry. He is the real deal. Uh, What's more, he is just a normal cool dude from here in Australia. Well, Brisbane, really. Um, Could just about throw a rock from where we're currently sitting and hit the guy. (laughs) In this episode, we talk about the benefits of getting involved with speaking organisations, even if you just speak as part of your employment, how to build relationships in business, and of course, we touch on what that business can look like in these uncertain times. So, Kate, why don't we go through Lindsay's bio and get a little bit of an idea of how great he is. All right. Lindsay Adams is a practice speaking professional, seminar facilitator, and relationship marketing specialist. With over 20 years relationship marketing experience, Lindsay's focus is on building effective relationships and generating more sales in less time by doing business by relationship. Lindsay Adams is able to identify what stimulates staff. In his presentations, he coaches his audience to help them achieve peak performance. Lindsay offers solutions to help increase sales and maximize an organization's relationship building power. His customized keynote presentations and workshops are tailored to meet specific organizational needs and provide educational information in an entertaining way. He provides the tools to assist you to retain, retrain, and relate to staff and focus on teamwork and achievement. Lindsay was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia, OAM, in the January 2020 Australia Day Honours for his service to the professional speaking industry. So welcome to the Presentation Boss podcast, Lindsay Adams. Thank you. It's an absolute delight to be here. So, Lindsay, we've heard your official bio now, but can you tell us who is Lindsay Adams when he's not at work? When he's not at work? Wow. Um... (laughs) Is there a Lindsay Adams not at work? (laughs) Actually, there is, and I'm absolutely um, very rigid with having time off now. Once upon a time, when I started my business, I had this dream I was going to work four days a week and have three-day weekends. Yeah, no, that never worked. I was working seven days a week, and that was just crazy, and I've actually made the commitment now that I I work five days a week. I'm married. I've been married a long, 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 long time, 42 years, and here's the good news. We still like each other. And uh, so I'm very committed to my wife and I've got two kids and I've got three grandchildren. So that's Lindsay Adams outside of work, granddad, dad, uh, husband, and uh, all around nice guy. (laughs) How long ago did you start your business? I started in January 2000. Uh, Well, no, let me, let me wind it back a bit. Uh, In 1999, I started dabbling. I was working in Brisbane city council and uh, I was dabbling in speaking on, on the side, I'm doing a bit of coaching. I'd done a coach training program. I was one of Australia's first fully trained coaches. I coached, trained with an organization called Coach U, who are still around to this day. And I had a coach and in September of 1999, she said to me, Lindsay, you've been mucking around doing a bit of speaking, a bit of coaching, a bit of consulting. When are you gonna get serious and pick one? And I came back to her the next week and said, okay, 1st of January, 2000, I will go permanent part-time with a view to going full-time in business. So I went, worked for Brisbane City Council for three days a week and worked for myself two days a week. By March, I knew it was going to work. By May, work was getting in the way of my business. So I handed in my resignation and I went full-time on the the 1st of July, the new financial year in the year 2000. And here I am 20 years later. Wow. Wow. So uh, it's been a, a crazy journey. Been uh, I've had some amazing highs and some <laughs> scary lows. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in the third year, I almost went out the back door. In the seventh year, money rained out of the sky. You know, they say if you can last seven years, um, you're okay. Years. Well, 
it was incredible. Um, year 11 wasn't so good, um, you know, and now, um, you know, I think I've, I think I figured out how, how it works and uh, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm not a multimillionaire yet, uh, <laughs> still working on it. It's interesting to me, the transition period, we hear people talk about that a lot, obviously the, the transition out of full-time work into your own business and you made it happen in, well, I mean, you said you knew within three months, but six months to actually make it happen there. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I, I had 20, 24 years in the public sector and I've been uh, self-employed now for almost the same length of time. So, uh, and loving it, I should add. Yeah, yeah good. All right. So tell us about that then, um, about your work now. Who do you help? So I work with, uh, gee whiz, business owners who are busy and need to get their business in order. So there's a couple of things that I do. And my key focus at the moment is with a company called Integris Global. So Integris is a, a worldwide company. Uh, I am the CEO Asia Pacific for that company. We have a bunch of training consultants who work with busy business owners who, who want to get better at their business. And uh, we do that based on a color behavioral system. And so uh, a very unique and very clever approach to business. Uh, and it's based on a thing called the DISC model. Now, I can, I can hear some of your listeners immediately going, DISC, that old thing. Yep, it's been around since 1928. Um, however... Uh, we have taken the DISC model and, and overlaid our colour uh, technology and integrated into every aspect of business. So a lot of people have used DISC in the past for leadership or, or a bit of coaching or, or, or maybe some team building. Um, we've taken it and we now have fully integrated that into sales, marketing, human resources, leadership, you know, selling, negotiating, communications, every aspect of business and, uh, you know, this is a podcast. You can't see the shirt that I'm wearing, but I deliberately chose to wear this shirt today. You guys can, yep. which is uh, a shirt full of colour swatches. Yeah. And everything is based on that we do is based on four primary colours, red, yellow, green and blue. And uh, we can help people understand their basic behavioural style. And then once they understand their style, they can adjust their style to those people who work they work with they sell to, they negotiate with, um, and so on. And uh, it's a really simple system and it's really powerful. Yeah, right, because I was going to say, um, I thought DISC was more personality, but then at the end, yeah, you've really just kind of nailed how, how that connects to business. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, think of social media. Social media can be broken into the four-colour uh, uh, system. So, so Twitter is a red activity. Twitter is brief and to the point. And often red behavioural style is brief and to the point. Um, yellow is Instagram. Uh, you know, it's all about sharing visual uh, stuff and, um, and enticing the senses. Uh, green is Facebook. It's relationship based. And blue is good old LinkedIn, which is very, uh, very procedural and uh, very formulaic. And so, again, it's, it's that colour overlay into every aspect of business, which is just incredible. And so, you know, when you're posting... And, it, and let, let's just focus on one of them. Let's pick Facebook. Everybody, you know, is on Facebook. Um, when you're posting on Facebook, if you're posting a message, you can target a specific colour group if you know they're the kind of people you want to work with. Um, so you can send out a brief message for the reds or you can send a more, you know, uh, send some visuals, do a video for the yellows. Um, you want to do relationship stuff, um, you know, pass some sort of uh, post a heartfelt message. Uh, or, or you want to appeal to the blues, then you're going to um, post some sort of detailed message with, with structure, you know, dot points, um, instructions or whatever. So it really can be overlaid into every aspect of business. And once you tune into the colours and understand where people come from, you can be more like them. So you can be a chameleon. If you act and, and talk like them, they'll like you, more, like you more. They'll want to do business with you more. So it's really, really clever and yet simple. And that, that's the, you know, that's the, the key. It's yeah. got to be easy. Otherwise people, you know, if it's too hard, they won't do it. Yep. Yeah. Simplicity is always the, uh, the indicator for mastery, isn't it? So yeah. how, how did you get involved in, in doing this? Like it must've been some trend, some journey between working for Brisbane city council and, you know, settling in this, what feels like a very specific yeah. niche. Yeah, there was, in fact. Uh, so uh, I went on a manager development program and uh, 
It was called the Audit Management Program. So I was a, a team leader of a bunch of auditors and uh, it was a nine month extravaganza. That does not sound exciting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's how it worked. Uh, we, had, we started off with a one week residential uh, workshop at Bribe Island. We did a three month work placement somewhere in the organization. We had an action learning project, which we had to implement across the nine months. Our second uh, residential was at Byron Bay, at the Byron Bay Beach Resort. Our third residential was on Stratty, on Stradbroke Island, uh, with, with work placements in between. The third workplace, sorry, the third residential on Stradbroke Island, we had three different facilitators. So at the end of day one, new facilitator comes up to me and says, okay, boys and girls, we're done. Dinner's at seven, see you at the bar. Lindsay, have you got a minute? And I said, sure, how can I help? And he said, what are you doing here? you don't fit, you're not like these people. And that question led to a three hour conversation. He held up a mirror and he helped me understand I was in the wrong job. I am not an auditor, I'm not a detail person, I'm a people person. And that guy, he was, that was a catalyst moment in my life. And from then on, I, I did a change. And one of my work placements was in training and I looked around and went, wow, I like this, I'm good at this. And so I, I moved sideways out of audit into training and um, here I am 20, 30 years later. So that, that was the moment that helped me realise I was in the wrong job. And from there, I then went on a journey and um, went through some personal development stuff and that guy became my mentor. And then I eventually, as I told the story before, uh, you know, transitioned out of government uh, and um, into private sector, you know, or private enterprise. How about that? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. <clears throat> I think it's. A, I, I didn't realise that would have happened before you transitioned out, but yeah, I, that makes a bit of sense. Yeah. So I mean, this guy was my hero, and here's the really interesting thing. Uh, when I told him, I went to him and said, "I've decided I'm going to uh, transition out and um, start my own business." And he said, "Well, I can't talk to you anymore. Um, we're done." And I went, "What?" And he said, "You're now my competitor." And I said, come on, I'll never be as good as you. And I haven't spoken to him since that day and I cannot find him. I've tried to find him to tell him about the amazing career that I've had and he's disappeared off the face of the earth. Can't find him on LinkedIn, Facebook, the phone book. I went to the house he lived in, gone. No way. So Become a ghost. That's bizarre. So um, I'm going to get a bit woo-woo now. So a, a friend of mine from America who's very, a very religious person very spiritual said, Lindsay, he's an angel. <laughs> and so, you know, I'll throw that one on the, on the table. You, your listeners can decide what they think about that. But, uh, you know, he was certainly a huge influence in my life. And, uh, you know, golly gee whiz, amazing. He was there when I needed him most and he's, he's gone. I don't need him anymore. And, you know, I don't know where he is. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Because normally that sort of thing, people just pop up, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, but well, gone. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Anyway. So obviously you like to talk about relationships and the idea I think now potentially as it always has been is a little bit buzzwordy to build relationships. Everything's about relationships. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I'm interested in like what, why is it such an important topic to you? Okay, so I'm actually, you know, my personal brand is the relationships guy. Uh and I took that brand on, gee whiz, it's about five, I think it's about five years ago. Uh, when I started out, I did a lot of team building stuff and uh, uh, worked within companies, you know, helping people work better together. And then uh, I morphed from that into manager and leadership development. And so then it's again about people and about relationships. And then I bought a franchise business and I had the master license uh, for a company called the Referral Institute. And uh, we taught business owners and salespeople how to do business by referral. And so when you think about it, what's the one common denominator that fits each of those categories? It's relationships. And so relationships, really, it underpins everything that we do. When you think about it, why are we talking together now? It's because of the relationship we've built through our connections in the professional speaking industry and Professional Speakers Australia, to be specific. Yep. Uh, and so a lot of my business comes by relationship, through relationship and because of relationship. Uh, and when, you know, the people who are listening to the podcast start to think about their business, the, um, a lot of it is relationship driven. And so relationships are important at so many levels. 
you know, uh, I said before, I'm happily married and have been for a long time. It's bloody hard work being happily married for a long time. And it's about investing in the relationship. If you want to make a sale with a prospect, you have to invest in the relationship first before you can ask for the privilege of doing business with them. If people don't like you, can't get on with you or can't interact with you in the appropriate manner, they will not do business with you. And so, you know, it's a real key to being successful in business is to have good relationships. So a very basic question, how do you keep a relationship or build a relationship with someone new? Like if I'm talking to someone professionally, I don't have much chit chat particularly. I find that difficult to, um, I guess, to build what I feel like is a meaningful relationship. Yeah. So um, there's a great book that you should read. It's called The DNA of Business Relationships. It's written by a book called Lindsay Adams. And so I wrote, I wrote a book about this stuff. Um, yeah. Um, how to engage, expand and energize relationships. And in the book, I talk about uh, one of the first things you have to do when you're talking with someone for the first time is pay them 110% attention. So look at them while they're talking to you, not somewhere else. And so think about this. Have you ever been to a networking function and you're talking to someone and, and their eyes are darting around the room looking at what's going on? They're not interested in you, they're interested in what's coming next. So the first thing is to focus on the other person 110%. The next thing is you've got to listen and engage with that other person. Find something that, find the common ground. What have you got in common that you can talk with, with them about? Now, um, you mentioned to me before we started, oh, um, you know, my son's asleep. I may have to bug off, you know, should he wake? Oh, and you know, you've got a, a 16 month old. I hope it's okay to talk about this. Yeah. Um, and then I mentioned, oh, I'm a granddad. Well, I've, uh, my son has um, two little girls, one's three and the other's about eight months. And so I know exactly where you are in the journey. I've lived it uh, and I'm reliving it now through my children. And so we could easily talk kids, um, you know, sure. uh, because we've got that in common. We have that common experience of being a parent and parenting and you know yeah. we could talk about the challenges of sleepless nights and crying babies and juggling family and work and all that stuff it's we have that in common now if if i didn't know that you were uh, a mother i would um i would search around for something else to talk about i'd say so um so how do you know thomas how did you guys get into business together what brings you to this function today so it's about asking questions, asking open-ended questions that open up the conversation and get the other person talking. You're going to, you're going to apply the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule is you talk for 20% of the time, they talk for 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And if you get them talking about themselves, they're going to like you because they've been talking about themselves. Because truly, yeah. yourself is your favourite topic. Uh, now, yeah. they'll leave the conversation, they'll go, wow, that Lindsay was such a nice guy. And all I did was get you talking about yourself. And so it's the small talk, which some people find really hard to do. And all it is, it's about asking the right question. And if you can mm -hmm. ask an open-ended question, which gets the other person talking, and then you nod your head, yes, uh-huh. And you make those following noises, yep, yep, yeah. oh, right, yeah, that's interesting. And then you might ask an insightful question, Oh, so, you know, um, is he sleeping through the night now? Is he on to solid food yet? <sighs> Whatever. But you're asking questions which gets the other person and keeps them going on their topic. Yeah, right. Because um, I guess my feeling there often is that I'm concerned about being too familiar or too unprofessional, especially talking about kids. Like I will try and avoid that because it feels unprofessional. But, but that's really interesting what you're, what you're saying. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. So I'll give you another, uh, for example, um, I was at a conference in America last year, you know, banquet lunch, you know, the old story, there's a big smorgasbord, everybody's lining up. I got to the end, got to the end of the table where there were the knives and forks and the plates. I picked up the plate, I turned around and I read the guy's name tag behind me. Hello, Bob, here's a plate for you. And the guy went, oh, um, thanks. And he read my name tag, Lindsay. Um, that, that's so kind of you. We started chatting, we sat down, we had lunch together. He is now my second best friend for life. I have an open invitation to visit him at his house the next time I'm in America. And all because 
I did a small act of service for him. I gave him a plate and I, you know, we started chatting. Now that's another key piece, the small act of service. So you've had a conversation. So after the conversation, you want to think about, you know, you might send them a copy of your book, The DNA of Business Relationships, written by Lindsay Adams, available on Amazon. Giggle, giggle. Um, you might send them a copy of your book and say, you know, that book I was telling you about, well, dear Bob, here's a copy, um, please enjoy. Or, um, Bob, you know, we were talking about that article. Um, here's a copy of that article. Uh, Bob, just so nice to meet you. Um, now, here's the other thing. I always... I'm very much in the habit of sending handwritten notes. When was the last time one of you guys got a handwritten note from anyone? Can you remember? Yes. yes. A long time. Nobody's yeah. doing it. Everyone's doing electronic stuff. Want to stand out from the crowd? Be different and, and send a handwritten note. Um, it, it takes but five minutes uh, and, you know, it, it's not that hard. Uh, and it can be just so simple. You know, um, dear Thomas, so nice to meet you. Uh, looking forward to catching up again sometime soon. Kind regards, Lindsay. You know, uh, whatever. So that that small act of service really makes a difference in terms of cementing the relationship. So that next time they bump into you at the networking function, it's like, oh, wow, Lindsay, thank you so much for sending that book. That was so gracious of you. Or thanks so much for sharing that article with me. Whatever. You know, you don't have to give them stuff, but just do something which makes them remember you, makes you stand out from, you know, the 20 other people they met at that very same time. Mm. Mm. So I think um, what I'm picking up here is you ask questions, you get conversations that builds relationships. I'm guessing relationships, if we look at inside of a workplace rather than in the business world, that's starting to build influence as well, right? If you want to move through yeah. a business, we'll give you one. But maybe this is a strange question. How much effort do you put into building professional relationships or how much effort should you put in? Does it change depending where you are? So everybody should be putting in bucket loads of effort to build relationships. Because remember, relationships underpin everything that we do. So uh, if you're on LinkedIn, when was the last time you went to your LinkedIn connections and made a recommendation for them without being asked? Um, do this. Uh, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see there's 50 plus recommendations there because I just sit down at the kitchen table at night while my wife's watching TV. I'm not really a TV fan. Uh, and I'll sit at the kitchen table and I'll get a pull up my LinkedIn connections and I'll find someone that I've done business with and I'll write them a recommendation. Um, you know, a dear Mary, oh no, it won't be dear Mary. Um, it'll be, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with Mary, you know, saw her do blah, 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 or we work together or whatever. You know, I'll say something and then I'll say, if you're looking for someone to help you with blah, then Mary's your person. Um, so I've got a bit of a formula I use, you know, it's not, not rocket science, it's one paragraph, but then I send it, it's unsolicited. But I've got to tell you, for every 10 I send, I'll get seven or eight back. You know what I mean? People go, oh, wow. Lindsay, thanks so much. And they'll recommend me. Or um, there's the endorsement thing. Everybody has those, uh, their skills. The skills yeah. LinkedIn, go and endorse people. Um, it's so simple to do. Get onto Facebook. Everyone's now got uh, business pages on Facebook because every all of these social media things are all morphing into the same animal. Yeah. Um, you can do pretty much the same. You can recommend people on Facebook. You can go and make Google recommendations. Um, you know, if, if somebody's done a good job, acknowledge their good job. And if they haven't done a good job, acknowledge them anyway. Um, you know, just acknowledge them for being in your relationship circle. Um, mm. Because think about this, you know, Stephen Covey talked about, and this is, you know, from a hundred years ago, the six habits, um, Highly effective people, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talked about making um, emotional, making deposits into people's emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you want to have a good relationship with somebody, say something nice about them in a public space that they can use, um, which makes them look good, you know? So um, uh, I've got, I don't know, uh, last time I looked, 13,500 connections on LinkedIn. And I work pretty hard at, you know, having some sort of relationship with those connections. A lot of people connect with me and um, I accept their connection. And then a moment later, instantaneous, there's a message in my inbox. Oh, Lindsay, so great to connect. By the way, I can sell you this, that, or the other thing. How many did you want to buy? Or I provide these services. Um, would you like me to send you a quote? No, 
I don't want you to, I'm just connected with you. Make some effort to get to know me. um, And then, uh, you know, let's build some relationship before you try to sell me shit, uh, stuff. Mm, Sorry. (laughs) Um, Slipped out. Stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we've all had the exact same experience and feeling with that guy on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, yeah. While we're on yeah. that stock, I went to a Chamber of Commerce meeting. This woman came in, I watched her, she had brochures. She put a brochure on every breakfast plate in the room. And then she went round and, and shook hands and, and swapped business cards with every single person in the room. Came to me, hello, I'm, I'm Louise. Nice to meet you, Louise. Um, here's my card, thank you. Have you got a card? I said, uh, y- yes, I do. Gave her my card. Great, thank you. Gone. No attempt... Mm at conversation at all. One hour after the meeting finished, I got an email. Dear Lindsay, so nice to meet you at the Chamber of Commerce meeting. Here's my monthly special. How many do you want to buy? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. To hide, no, then. So, you know, it ain't rocket science. People want to be, they want to have a relationship. They want to be treated as people first. And then then they might be interested in buying from you second or third or fourth. We, we currently find ourselves, you know, middle of 2020 in times of, for a lot of us, you know, slow business and a lot of uncertainty. I, I know personally, a lot of conversations I have, like we all keep a, a list of ongoing clients, potential clients, conversations we're having, or maybe that's just something I do, right? Um, I've found a lot of those potential clients over the last three or four months Um, have turned into like in that little status column you have in your Excel spreadsheet, like they want us to talk to them a little bit later on, you know, end of insert month here, right? You know, I've got somebody who doesn't want me to talk to them until let's say the end of October or November. Should I be maintaining that and how? Because I I kind of have this worry and I think a lot of us struggle with it of I don't want to be annoying, especially while they have changed priorities at the moment, right? Oh, that's me. I don't want to be annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, you absolutely, you know, should stay in touch. And so here I've been doing a lot of how are you conversations. And so um, people aren't necessarily buying at the minute, like, you know, they have been. And so I, I would um, I ring them and say, hey, say, how's it going? You know, what are you up to? And they go, well, you know, woe is me or it ain't so bad or, or whatever their story is. So I listen and I, you know, have a discussion. And then I go, oh, look, so we've got our next program coming up. Yeah, look, not at the moment, Lindsay, you know, call me in October. And I go, sure. Do you mind if I stay in? Of course, I'll, do you mind if I stay in touch in between? Now, what's the response going to be? Yes. 99 <laughs> times out of 100, the response is be sure. Now, stay in touch doesn't mean I'm going to pester you and ring you every month and go, did you want to buy my stuff? It's just staying in touch. So it could be um, a newsletter. It could be a handwritten note. It could be a podcast. It could be an email to say, hey, my podcast is up. Uh, we just interviewed this amazing guy called Lindsay Adams. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's ways of staying in touch without being a nuisance. And and it's really good to get their permission at the end of your how are you call and just say, oh, look, you know, well, you're on my mailing list. You, you know, you're on my podcast subscriber list. Uh, you know, let's just keep up with that. 99 times out of 100, they're all going to go, yeah, no problem. And now if you're a real nuisance, someone's going to say enough, no more, or they'll, un- or they'll just unsubscribe, yeah. you know? Yeah. So being a pest is when you, someone says, don't talk to me until October and it's July and you ring them again in August and you ring them again in September. That's being a pest. Keep them on your mailing list, uh, you know, sending thoughtful communication. That's okay. You know, people, we all, you know, that's the way we all do business now. It's a matter of being thoughtful about your relationship. Though. A lot of what you're saying is really small acts of service. Yeah. Provide that little bit of value or that little bit of even thoughtfulness. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, if you've got a bit of a system, then that's going to work. And mm. people understand that you're, they're on your mailing list, they're on your subscriber list, that you're going to notify them when your next podcast is out or whatever. Well, that's okay. You know, when you become a serial pest, when you start sending emails saying, hey, nice to meet you an hour ago and here's, here's some stuff that I'd like to sell you, mm. you know, that's when you become a pest. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. A bit of giving before you ask. Absolutely. A lot of giving before you ask. Mm. Go back to the 80-20 rule, you know, provide some value. Get people, you know, so um, give them value while they're waiting. You know, at the minute, I think 2021 is going to be a bumper year. 
with, with the integrous work that we're doing now, I've actually systematically built my team in Australia in the last uh, six months uh, from one. And we've now got, I think we've got 12 people through the COVID situation. Now we are ready. We're doing business. We're not doing gangbuster business. We're doing business. But in 2021, when people, when the barriers go up, when people finally have confidence again and feel comfort, they are going to be hungry to learn and to implement and to accelerate their business. And, and that's the time when if you've maintained your relationship, they will come back to you and go, I'm ready now. It's October. It's whatever month it is I said it was going to be. I'm ready now. What can we do? Uh, if you've been there and given them value and supported them along the way in your lovely relationship building manner, uh, then, you know, they're going to be ready to buy. And here's the other thing. You know, I was talking about the colour system, red, yellow, green, blue. Reds make up 11% of the population. They're the only people you can sell to. Yellow, green, blue don't like to be sold to, but they like to buy when they're ready. And so yellows make up about 17% of the population. Greens and blues make up over 70% of the population. And so... Hang on, who's green and blue again? So greens are more... Um, yellows are more team-focused people. Um, greens are more relationship-based. Blues are more detail-based, process-oriented. Gotcha. So the relationship-based and the detail people make up over 70% of our population. Uh, and, and they're the ones who like to buy when they're ready, not when you're ready. And so if yeah. you've got enough relationship with them, they will buy from you. So you've got to be careful with hard sell. A lot of people, you know, go to um, these, these sales courses and they're told how to, um, uh, how to close a sale, how to overcome objections, how to force people to buy. Well, that's only going to work with 11% of the population. And the rest of the population will hate you <gasps> more if you're too pushy. But if you can establish your credibility and build relationship, they will buy from you when they're ready. When they're ready. Okay. Yeah, right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, it, mm. it does. And um, <laughs> if you want to find out what colour you are, go to integrusaustralia.com.au Scroll down and you'll see a free colour report, free colour assessment, um, integrusaustralia.com.au. Uh, and you can go there and, and you, get a, you get a really nifty report which explains your characteristics, your behavioural style. And these behaviours, they're all readily observable in the workplace. So, and as, a, as an expert, I can tell what colour you are based on your handshake the clothes you wear, how fast or slow you speak, the car you drive, the number of questions that you ask. They are all indicators of your behavioural style. And if you can tune into that, and you can quite easily, and all you've got to do is learn the technique, if you can tune into that, you understand what, what colour someone is, then you can be like them, they'll love you to bits. Clever stuff. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> I think we're talking to a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, um, Lindsay, I'm going to change directions just a little bit here. So we first came across you because you're so involved in the Professional Speakers Association um, and the International Professional Speakers Associations as well. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about your history there and maybe what the benefits would be to seeking out a professional speaking group? It's the sort of thing yeah. that you're interested so in. I've been a member of Professional Speakers Australia. It used to be called the National Speakers Association of Australia. Uh, I joined in 1998, so it's a long, long time. And uh, it was part of this, my, my journey, my transition to self-employment. I, um, I got involved in training and uh, I looked around. I was in Sydney uh, with a friend from the tax office and she said, look, I found this organisation, it's called National Speakers. And look at this, um, uh, you have to do 10 paid speaking engagements to get their first level of accreditation. And we both looked at each other and went, 10 paid engagement <gasps> wow and then i came home and I'm, I'm the youngest of five boys the second eldest brother said to me i've been looking around and after i retire and he'd been a full-time career public servant he said after i retire i don't want to stop work and i found this organization called national speakers and uh, i'm thinking that'd be a good place to go uh you know i could speak uh about something after i retire and you know it'll be uh, a, you know, something else to do and i went ah oh. 
so we investigated more. They had a, an event on uh, called How to Speak for Money. So we went to that, uh, it was a one day event and uh, subsequently I joined the organization and uh, been a long-term member ever since. I can directly attribute my business success to my membership in Professional Speakers Australia. Uh, in, in Queensland, in Brisbane, where I live, we meet once a month on the third Tuesday of the month. Uh, we'll have our first face-to-face -face meeting in August for a long, long time because <laughs> of COVID. Uh, but you get to hang out with people who, who do what you do, and that is they speak to earn money. Um, now, speaking can be, um, you know, speaking at like a keynote address at a conference. It could be training. Uh, it can be running webinars or Zoom, you know, whatever's. Uh, so uh, speaking covers a, a myriad of things. Uh, we have members all around the country of Australia, and we belong to the Global Speakers Federation, which is the international umbrella group. Uh, there are currently 16 associations around the world. And uh, I'm on the board now of the Virtual Speakers Association. So if you live in a country that doesn't have an existing association, you can join the Virtual Speakers Association. So we're recruiting, there's 170 countries in the world that don't have an association, but they have speakers. Mm -hmm. And so we've provided a place for them to, to learn and grow. And that's really what it's about. We, we learn and grow from each other. So we're a professional body, we have professional standards, uh, so I'm what's called a CSP, Certified Speaking Professional. That's a worldwide designation, uh, and it's common across all the associations. Uh, and it's an earned designation, so you have to um, have done a certain number of speeches, earn a certain amount of money, have testimonials from your clients to say you're a good speaker and so on. And I've got buddies all around this country who, who I can get on the phone and say, hey, I've got a problem, can you help? Or um, I've been referred some work. Um, it doesn't really suit me, but it suits you. Can I pass it on to you? Or I've got a big project and I need to build a team to deliver it. Can you come help? Can you come play? And then I've got a network internationally because of that. And uh, currently I've got a business partner who's based in the UK. And, um, and that's come through my membership of Professional Speakers of Australia. Uh, and so you know, if you're at all interested in the speaking industry and you want to earn a living, it's the place to be. Now, there's a difference between PSA, Professional Speakers Australia, and Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a great organisation and I used to belong to them when I worked in the tax office and that was where I learnt my, the craft of speaking. And Toastmasters is for people who love to speak but don't necessarily earn money from it. Some of them do, but most of them just love speaking. They love the art of storytelling and, um, you know, they want to improve their ability to uh, address an audience. And it's a great place for learning the techniques. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of really good buddies who are in Toastmasters still and they belong to PSA. Uh, and so two great organisations and depending on what you, you listeners want to do with, with their speaking career, either of them is a really great place to be. PSA more aimed at people who earn their living from the spoken word. Excellent. You jump, you jump to our next question, which was to how would you choose uh, yeah. between Toastmasters or, or the PSA? Yeah. I guess the natural question I have now is I was surprised at going along to PSA that it was accepting and had people there who spoke as part of their employment, whether they're workplace trainers or, yeah. or you name it. So I guess you're saying that PSA is, is focused towards people who speak for a living. Is there a benefit to joining or what is the benefit to joining if you speak as part of your employment? So we have um, our first level uh, to, to become a member of PSA, you must earn at least $50,000 a year from speaking. Mm -hmm. But that could be on a salaried position. So you might be a salaried trainer uh, who works in a large organisation and who loves speaking and training and, and teaching and educating other people uh, and a portion. So if you can demonstrate that, uh, you know, a, a portion of your salary is doing that, then, uh, which equals $50,000, then you can become a member of PSA. Now, the beauty of membership is that we, we not only, um, we are predominantly self-employed people, however, we teach the art of speaking and, um, you know, how to manage the platform, how to entertain a room, how to hold an audience's attention, how to tell a great story, how to craft a story. So all of those elements uh, are there in PSA and so you don't have to be a full-time self-employed business person like I am 
in order to be a member. However, you need to be speaking and uh, earning a certain level of income, either from your full-time job or your business, in order to be a member. And so there is that little, the, the little hurdle to be a member of PSA. Um, whereas mm. with Toastmasters, you just have to want to speak. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, as I said, there's, you know, there's place that they both have a great place uh, out there in the, in the big wide world. And um, they're both fantastic organizations uh, and they're both worldwide, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and here's the other beauty of what I do. Be, by being involved with my professional association, I can go to pretty much any developed country in the world now and hang out with other people who do what I do. And so if I'm going to Singapore, um, there's a whole bunch of, there's, a, there's an association in Singapore and I've got, I've got a bunch of friends, in, uh, in fact, in the professional speaking industry in Singapore. I can go to Malaysia, I can go to New Zealand, I can go to Canada, um, I can go to France, I can go to Germany, I can go to the UK, South Africa. I mean, the list, you know, pretty much any developed country and you can hang out with other people. Now, I've been contacted by people from the US who say, oh, Lindsay, I'm visiting Brisbane, would love to tap into the local speaking community, uh, and I'll be there between these dates, you know, can you help? And so I'll just put out a call and say, hey, uh, Frank from, uh, from Frankfurt's coming, <laughs> and uh, he's interested to hang out, so I'll organise a lunch or a dinner, or maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a meeting. We could coincide with a meeting. They can present, whatever. It's mm. a great way to meet people who do what you do, but in a different country. And I have to say, like I've I've had some amazing opportunities presented as a result of my connections internationally. So um, you know, it's absolutely worth getting involved. And the meetings, as you guys know, the meetings are amazing, very friendly, very welcoming, great speakers a great meal, a great venue, you know, and it's a really interesting thing that the meal, you know, it sounds silly. However, sitting down and breaking bread together makes such a difference. Yeah. It kind of um, informalizes the formal, if I can put it that way. And, and it really creates an atmosphere which you don't get at some other meetings that you attend. So I've been to meetings where you file into the room, you sit down in, in chairs all lined up, you listen, to the speaker, you have a cup of coffee, you do a bit of networking, and then you bug off. Well, that's not how we operate. Yeah. You know, we get there early and we go to the bar and we have a beer together and then we have the meeting, we have a meal together. And, you know, it's a, just a whole different atmosphere. And it's a food very... Food so important culturally. Yeah, it's very collegiate, very friendly, mm. almost like a big, ugly family, you know? <laughs> Think of um, all families have some weird aunts and uncles. We've got them all. Um, but, you know, generally it's... it's We have this all... The, the thing in common for all of us is our love for the the art of speaking. Yeah, right. And what price can you put on that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so as we start to wind up this episode, I want to talk about your most uh, recent, probably most notable accomplishment, which is on the 3rd of July, you received or awarded an OAM for the speaking industry, which, as I understand it, is the first in the speaking industry. And the yeah. OAM is Order of Australia Medal. Yeah. So, in fact, the... Um, I was uh, given the award on Australia Day on the 26th of January. Right. Uh, that's when they make the announcement. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I actually went to meet the governor. And because of COVID, uh, there was to be a ceremony on the 15th of May where <clears throat> 100 people would gather in a room and, you know, 100 people would be given their medal and you'd have a big garden party afterwards. Well, because of COVID and, you know, restriction... Yep. I had an individual ceremony with the governor and his wife. Oh, wow. And, uh, my wife and my kids... Uh, and the guy who nominated me, uh, we, we were the guests of the governor for 15 minutes. And it was the most amazing experience. And I received that award in recognition of my service to the local and the international industry. So I've, you know, my dad used to say, if you're going to get involved, get involved. You know, don't hang around on the edges, like get involved. And so um, I, I went along to uh, my first ever convention in 2000, at a nation's capital in Canberra. And one of the speakers there said from the platform, if you want to grow your business, get involved in your chapter. So I went back to my chapter president and I said, um, what, what do you need doing? I'm, you know, I'm volunteering. And she said, you used to work in the tax office, didn't you? You can be treasurer. <laughs> I went, oh, joy. <laughs> 
So I became the treasurer, I then became the vice president, and then became the Queensland president. That put me on the national board. I then became the junior vice president of the national board, the senior vice president, then the president. And after nine years of service, I thought, this is it. I can hang up my spurs. I'll retire shortly. Then I got a phone call one Saturday morning from a dear friend who's involved in the industry. And she said to me, if you were to be nominated for the role of international president, would you accept the nomination? She said, you'll need to talk about, you need to think it over and you need to talk it over with Debbie, my wife. And I said, oh, no, that's easy. Uh, we've already talked about this. The answer is yes. She said, no, 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 you're not listening. I'm, I'm going to call you back in two days' time. I want you to think about this. I said, it'll still be the same answer. So she called back in two days' time. It was still the same answer. I was nominated. I won the election in 2009, 2010. I served as the international president, so president of the Global Speakers Federation, as it's now known. Uh, and in that year, my wife and I travelled the world. We attended 10 international events representing the Federation. And uh, it was the most amazing year of my life. So many amazing memories, experiences. And since then, I served on that board, I think, goodness me, it was something like 15 years. And I stepped down uh, about 18 months ago. And um, <clears throat> on Friday night, the, the Global Speakers Federation had their annual meetings. We had it virtually instead of in person, in face-to-face, -face, as we would normally do at this time of year. Uh, and I was awarded the International Ambassador Award. So how many awards can a bloke win in a year? So it's the real icing on the cake. And uh, it's just, um, it's been an amazing experience. But by serving, I have not only uh, served my industry, but I have had so many benefits personally. And, you know, I guess I'd really encourage your listeners to think about how can I get involved in my industry? And, and what can I do to help someone else? Because a lot of people are really focused on helping themselves rather than helping others. So instead of facing inwards, face outwards. And, and um, you know, when, what you give away, it comes back 10 times in, in other ways, you know? And so I have personally benefited so much from my service. And now to be honoured with the Order of Australia Medal is just... Um, it was such an amazing surprise. I'm very humble and, and excited. And now I'm going to boast. Uh, I am the first and only person to be recognised in the professional speaking industry in Australia. But not only that, I was interviewed for a podcast by a speaking colleague in Germany. And he said, Lindsay, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you are the only person in the world that has been recognised in our industry by their government. Wow. Um, many, many speakers have won many, many speaking awards, yeah. but no one has been recognised by their government for their service to the industry. So I'm, I guess you're talking to a rather unique individual at this minute. Yeah, um, oh, that's incredible. And sorry for the boasting, but I'm just no. proud. Oh, so, you know, to be recognised like that is such a huge honour. It really is. That's, yeah, significant. And congratulations. And <laughs> It's amazing. It's and. And he's in Brisbane, like you're down the road when we're not yeah. on Zoom, right? Like, it's just... And I'm just an average Joe, you know, <laughs> um, really, really just an average Joe. And, uh, you know, someone said to me, would you ever have imagined when you started out in this industry that you would be recognised like this? And there's just no way. No way. Um, yeah. you know, I never... Uh, I never imagined I'd be national president. I never imagined I'd be international president. So anyway, anything's possible. You just got to, I guess, get on with it. Get yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Lindsay, obviously you are very good at speaking, as we've just discussed. <laughs> so I would love to know, is there a book or some sort of resource that's influenced and helped the way that you do speak? Not your own book. That's cheating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, there's a book called The DNA of Business Relations. <laughs> Actually, uh, there's a great book, which um, I love, 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 love. And I'm now struggling for the title. Um, yep. I can't think of the name of the book. Um, but there is another book uh, called 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. And um, in that, Bregman talks about getting on and doing stuff. And um, he's a, he lives in New York. He lives near Central Park. He rides his bike through Central Park every day. And he was down in the lobby of his building and it was belting down with rain. And uh, <clears throat> one of his neighbours came in and said, great day for a cycle ride, Peter. And, you know, and he was standing there going, will I, won't I, will I, you know, do I, don't I? 
And then after his neighbour sort of taunted him, he thought, that's it. And he got on his bike and he rode off through the rain. And he came back an hour later and he said he had the best ride he'd had in the longest time. And then he, he thought about it and, and he made the point that we are often standing on the precipice of an opportunity going, you know, will I do this? Will I, won't I, do I, don't I? So here's my challenge to everyone listening. Just get on and give it a go. You know, um, make the effort, invest in making yourself a better person. If you want to be a great speaker, then, you know, you, you seriously need to be doing business with, with you guys for a start and, and learn the craft. If you want to belong and really be in the industry, get involved with PSA. Or if you just love speaking, join Toastmasters. Um, there's so many great options out there. But do something, yeah. you know, get on with it. Oh, that's awesome i love that yes and there'll be a link to the book and the other book that you mentioned and your own book and yeah we'll <laughs> all link, of that <laughs> find the the one you can't think of right now we'll still link to that so yeah i'll, I'll shoot it through to you I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah. Now that okay. I... so have a look in the show notes the description for that and also we'll put down there the last link which is Lindsay. where can people find you you can go to integrusaustralia.com.au or you can go to my personal website lindsayadams.com excellent perfect all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Lindsay. It's been a, a hoot talking with you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you know someone that you'd like to hear from on this show or think that you have something of value to share, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week.